Welcome to Digital Health Today, the podcast focused on the leaders, innovators and technologies transforming healthcare today and tomorrow. Find us online at digitalhealthtoday.com. Welcome back to Digital Health Today, the place to be to get the insights of leaders making the healthcare of tomorrow available today. I'm your host, Dan Kendall, and this is episode 85. Take a look online and you'll find hundreds of articles proclaiming that pharma's business model is broken and that the entire pharmaceutical sector is in the middle of an innovation crisis. Whether you agree or disagree, there's no question that the industry is extraordinarily competitive and the challenge of bringing effective drugs to market is growing. Sure, innovation is hard, and the rapid technology changes we've seen around the world have affected all industries, pharmaceuticals included. But where some see a crisis, others see opportunity, and grabbing that opportunity and really making the most of it can take many different forms and approaches. With me today is Jake Laporte, someone who sees the opportunity and has developed a new program to give innovative companies a boost and create a clear on-ramp to drive change and make an impact in the pharmaceutical sector. Jake is the Global Head of Digital Development at Novartis, and he's responsible for leading the company's digital efforts within their global drug development organization. He's also one of the founders and the managing director of Biome, which is the first ever externally branded innovation lab by Novartis. Jake completed his PhD in organic chemistry from Harvard University and received his Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry and Mathematics from the University of Delaware. Early in his career, he was a consultant at McKinsey & Company, and he also was a co-founder of Snapdragon Chemistry. While traveling on an extended trip with his wife some years ago, he read Ray Kurzweil's book, The Singularity is Near, and he became captivated by the possibility of digitizing the pharmaceutical R&D engine. Well, words matter, because ever since reading that book, he has focused his career on making that concept a reality. You can pick up the notes and all the links to the companies we discuss in this program by visiting digitalhealthtoday.com slash 85. Now let's tune into the conversation with Jake Laporte of Novartis Biome. Jake, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me on the program, Dan. It's great to be here. Jake, let's start off with a little bit about Novartis itself. I haven't really shared with the audience anything about the company. Can you just give us some footing about the size of the company and the various therapeutic areas that you guys are working in? Yeah, sure. So Novartis was actually created in 1996 through a merger of Siba Geigy and Sandoz. But it's important to note that Novartis has roots that trace back more than 250 years in creating innovative products. And the two companies that combined to create Novartis were amongst the earliest players in the modern era of the pharmaceutical industry. So there's quite a bit of rich history there. Let's see, we have over 60 key marketed products, but if you count the generics that Sandoz produces, we're well into the hundreds of products. And so our reach is actually vast. Uh, Our products reach about 800 million people globally. So we're a very important player in the healthcare ecosystem in keeping patients healthy worldwide. And in terms of our portfolio, we're one of the most diversified portfolios in the industry. Uh, We have products in a wide-ranging set of therapeutic areas, including oncology, cardiometabolic, immunology, dermatology, ophthalmology, neuroscience, respiratory, and, and others as well. Wow. Okay. So that's a great overview. I also tuned into the podcast that uh, your CEO, Vaz, did with A16Z. And one of the things that I picked up from that conversation was that you guys do about 70 billion doses of medicine. That's a huge number. You mentioned 800 million people, 70 billion doses. That's huge. Yes, absolutely. So as you can imagine, it's, it's a very complex operation that we maintain. 
And you guys, uh, we're going to talk about some of the innovation that you guys are doing, but you guys have an appetite for this already. I, I know that you guys also partnered with Pair Therapeutics on their opioid addiction tool, their digital therapeutic there. Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, sure. So for some time, we've been looking at this field and looking at digital therapeutics as potentially an alternative therapeutic modality that could treat diseases that have largely proven untractable to conventional therapeutic modalities. And these tend to be right now mainly in neuroscience, mainly in uh, psychiatric, psychological disorders. And so we were very excited about what Pair had been doing. And of course, they were one of the first digital therapeutic companies to generate clinical evidence of the efficacy of their product, which really fits within our culture and our mindset of generating evidence for therapies. And so I think putting that together with the innovative modality that they've created in Pair, we thought that that would be potentially a great partnership so that we could improve and expand upon our treatments and our solutions that we provide to patients worldwide. So we're we're very excited about the potential of this partnership. Excellent. Well, when you've got 130,000 employees and you're serving 800 million people a year and manufacturing <laughs> uh, 70 billion doses of, of medicines, that is a huge organization and business to keep on track. And pharma is always in the headlines and always in the spotlight. And sometimes it's got a target on its back when it comes to uh, various things that are happening financially and politically. There are a lot of challenges that pharma as an industry are facing. Can you give us some of the idea or some specifics around some of the challenges that you guys are working to address? Yeah, I'm sure that depending on who you ask, you'll probably get different answers. But for me, it basically boils down to the fact that developing medicines is tremendously complex. We simply don't know enough about human biology and science right now to rationally design medicines. And so what happens is that there's a tremendous amount of trial and error that goes into the process. And the bad news here is that it seems to be getting more complex and costly over time. So there's a lot of discussion in the industry on how to reverse these trends. At Novartis, we actually believe that these new emerging digital technologies can play a big role in drug discovery and development and in other areas as well to help address some of these challenges that the industry faces. And so when you take a step back, right, the impact of these technologies like the Internet and artificial intelligence, they've had a vast impact and have transformed the fundamental way that we live our lives, right? From anywhere from the way we think about communicating these days, it's, you know, smartphones to the way we think about building relationships online through social media, to even how we think about conducting basic economic transactions. And they're starting to become enough proof points to suggest that these digital technologies will also have a profound impact on healthcare as well. So Novartis has recognized that, and we need to invest upfront to harness these new powerful technologies to really transform our business in the face of these challenges and also figure out how to discover and develop more effective solutions for patients faster. But, you know, that also brings about a recognition that we need to shift from a traditional pharma mindset to one that's more typical of an agile organization that you would see in the world of technology, right? 
And also, we, we know that we're going to rely on external innovation from partners that bring us the best of these new digital technologies, because our core competency is really about creating medicines. It's about life science, about biology. We don't have a core competency in the digital world, so we really need to rely on a set of external partners to really help guide us through that. So your core focus is around drug development and bringing these products to market, and you are very successful at that. But success in the the pharma sense is a very different number. I mean, in terms of the number of medicines that you guys bring into testing, how many actually get onto the market? Yeah, so it's very few. Actually, there's a number of studies out there, and it's anywhere between 5 and 10% of experimental medicines that make it into the clinic that actually get approved to be marketed. And you can imagine that there's at least five to 10 years of research and development that goes into any experimental medicine before it even gets approval to be uh, used in clinical trials. So it's a tremendously complex and costly process, right? And the industry has changed, right? I mean, you can't really compete with simply an incremental improvement over what your competitor's doing. You really need to come up with uh, an entirely new standard of care in order to really have a successful product on your hands. Yeah. So as you alluded to, Dan, the bars are constantly moving. And I think that that's perfectly fine, right? I mean, in any area where innovation forms the basis of your products, as you learn more, as you develop more, as you have more wins and more science comes out, standards are going to shift and that's perfectly acceptable but you're absolutely right over the past you know 50 or 60 years there has been tremendous developments in science there's been additional expectations placed upon the industry and medicines today to get approved are held to a higher bar and everything about that is perfectly fine we need to continue to adapt and we're we are planning to do that to overcome these additional challenges and hurdles that are placed on the industry. Uh, you're definitely adapting. I was there at the CNS Summit in Boca Raton, Florida in November when you guys were named the winner of the CNS Innovation Award. And you were ranked number one there for the Innovation Index. And we talked already about the experience you guys have with paratherapeutics. So it's clear in terms of leadership within the sector that you guys are really taking on a big role and setting a lot of standards and, and setting a path. So let's dive into what you're doing there with the Biome program. Generally, the industry has been a bit of a laggard when it comes to implementing new ways of working. This Biome program within Novartis, uh, how did it start? Where did the idea come from? And how did you really get started in making this a reality in a company that's the size of Novartis? Well, at the beginning of 2017, I was hired into Novartis to lead the digital strategy for our drug development organization. And while I was rebooting our approach to digital and drug development, I had interviewed all of the top leadership in that organization. And one of the key findings that came out of that process was that behind every successful digital program that we were running was a great external partner who brought the right technology and approach and coupled it with our expertise in life sciences to create a, a very valuable digital solution. And if you think about it, actually, it's almost a self-evident finding because, as I mentioned before, our core competency really isn't developing the next version of artificial intelligence, right? So we really need to rely 
on great external partners to bring us the right technologies. But there's also an underappreciated challenge to finding these good partners. You know, there's so many things that go into a great partnership. You know, are these companies bringing the right technology to us? Are we able to provide them everything they need to be successful? Many of these companies really rely on us providing some data to them to complete their solution. And and in some cases, we simply can't because of governance issues. Culturally, is there a right fit? When we're doing novel development of digital solutions, we have to have the right cultural fit to work through challenges. Well, it turns out that a lot of these issues don't really arise until you actually start working on a project together. So the idea behind the biome was really to create a construct that would help us understand the digital health ecosystem and the deep tech world a little bit better, and also create an on-ramp for partners to work with Novartis so that we could gradually together assess the fit of the partnership or the project, right? So both from a Novartis perspective and an external partner perspective, and therefore ultimately create a stronger pipeline of potential partners and more effective partnerships overall. Because as I mentioned before, external innovation we see as absolutely essential to delivering on our digital transformation journey. And so the biome is really going to be that flagship program that's going to help us get better at doing this. Yeah, let me just interrupt you there because this is a huge problem, right? There's so much innovation that's happening around the world that these early stage companies, these smaller businesses want to find ways to work with companies like yours. And it's difficult to find a way in. And while they might be going around doing startup pitches and getting funding and developing their product, Ultimately, what they want is an opportunity to work with organizations like yours that are doing cutting edge work, really innovating in the field, really bringing great products into the market and serving their client base in a global competitive landscape. So having an opportunity, having some sort of system in place where you can begin to establish those relationships and give an entry point into an organization like yours is really important. So yeah, I'm very curious about how this get started because it is such a a huge organization trying to figure out ways to peel some of the layers off to give these uh, opportunities is challenging. What can you tell us about how you did that? Yeah, well, basically, it's a a tremendous entrepreneurial story that actually happened in in a large global company. So basically, as I was coming out of this interview process, having these realizations, I started to socialize a basic concept of a digital innovation lab with a number of people who thought it was kind of interesting, and they gave me some feedback on it, and I iterated on the idea. And, And they wound up creating something that was tantamount to a pitch deck, actually, with my boss, and wound up pitching the idea idea to the entire drug development leadership team of Novartis. And really coming out of that meeting, I got a small amount of seed funding and the opportunity to hire a small team to help build it out. And really, the rest is history, as they say. Uh, We had a tremendous team that really took a couple of slides that were on PowerPoint and translated that into what we now know as the biome today in roughly uh, an eight to nine month period. So to crystallize the mission and the aim of the biome, what is that exact mission and what's the value that you plan for it to bring to your own organization and to the organizations you're working with? Yeah, so that's a great question, Dan. It's something we think about day in and day out. So the key thing about the biome that I really want to emphasize is that we're focused on working with innovative partners to solve fundamental challenges for Novartis today. So we have two core beliefs that underpin the biomission. First, 
it should be focused on creating immediate near-term value for our core business. And secondly, it should bring lasting value to our residents in the biome and the broader digital health ecosystem. So naturally, probably what's on everyone's mind is how do you do that, right? So for every company that enters the biome, there is a strong hypothesis around how that company could eventually partner with Novartis to solve a business challenge. And so therefore, the primary work that's done in the biome is to validate that hypothesis by building out a proof of concept collectively with the company in the biome and therefore determining what's the next best step that we could take with that company. Does it make sense to move forward with a more substantial agreement or not? So there's an implicit link to our core business, and that's how we'll remain relevant to driving Novartis's agenda in digital. But also the other important part to our mission is really bringing value to our residents and to the overall digital health ecosystem. And there's a number of ways in which we do this throughout the process that they're in the biome. We can augment their capabilities with capabilities that might be hard for them to acquire or build right up front. So for instance, many of these digital health companies need to have some sort of regulatory approval potentially. We can augment their regulatory capability and help them with that. We're also creating something that we call a data sandbox where we can upload scrubbed data sets so that these companies can use them in a safe environment to either develop or validate the solution that they're building. Jake Laporte is my guest. He's telling us about the Novartis Biome Digital Innovation Lab, and he has a lot more to tell us about the resources they bring to help create sustainable and scalable solutions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Jake, you were just explaining how the biome works with innovative companies. You mentioned that you can augment their capabilities with their regulatory expertise and also provide scrub data sets to help develop and validate solutions. What are some of the other ways that biome helps support the companies that are part of the program? We can also help them sharpen their value proposition and how they go to market potentially because we're a canonical customer, as you mentioned earlier, for many of these companies. So we can give them invaluable feedback up front as they're developing their product features to make sure that they're really relevant to their end user. We can also potentially ha- help them with capital solutions. So the biome itself does not make investments in companies, but we have a sister organization called DRX Capital which is a $100 million joint venture fund between Novartis and Qualcomm that invests exclusively in digital health. So we can introduce the companies in the biome to DRX to determine whether there's a fit there or not, or frankly, any other investor in our network. And then finally, I think the fifth area where we could add value to our residents is that particularly for companies that are just starting out and they're trying to build their business operation, we've actually developed a formal curriculum that they can step through to help them build out their business and the functions that go into a typical business like sales and marketing, finance and and things like that. So you've given us a lot of great information there, and you answered one of the follow-up questions I had around funding. So you don't make direct investments, but you do provide this sort of business support, the regulatory support, which is so expensive and specialized and uh, important to have with organizations like yours and your partners. You've mentioned the word residents. So I'm a little interested in terms of do people need to relocate? Is this a fixed address that they need to be in for a certain period of time? How does that work? 
Yeah, no, great question, Dan, and it's often one that we get. So our residency program, we've created to be very flexible because we want to create a customized experience for each resident that really depends upon the objectives that we are trying to achieve together, as well as the maturity of the company and where they might be located originally. So we don't want to rule out companies that can really get benefit from the biome simply because they aren't co-located with our physical labs. So we actually have a virtual residency program for companies, so they don't need to actually relocate. And another thing that I just want to pick up upon with regarding investment, another question that often comes up, Dan, is we're actually a, a no strings attached model. So what that means is we're not taking equity in companies that are participating in the biome right now. So that's an important aspect for these companies to know and understand. We're really there to support them and to figure out whether there's a very good partnership to be had between them and Novartis at that point in time. Great. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about the companies that are in the biome right now? I think there are five companies. Tell me how they got in and and just a little bit about the companies you've selected. Yeah, we have five fantastic companies here in the inaugural cohort. I'm just absolutely blown away by the quality of the companies that were interested in our program and the folks that are actually in the biome. So we have, um, first company we have is Medible, who's really creating the next gen technology platform to enable digital trials and clinical development and make it more effective and efficient. Uh, we have Hemex Health, who's uh, creating affordable, life-changing medical diagnostics for underserved populations around the world, uh, particularly in malaria and sickle cell anemia, which has huge healthcare burden around the globe. Mykonos, which is actually a nanorobotics company, they're creating a new platform for delivering cell and gene therapies, which is absolutely critical to our innovative uh, medicines portfolio going forward. Uh, Veda Health, which is creating tools for patients to really help them on their complex healthcare journey. I think for any of us that have been patients ourselves, we know how complex this can get. And so they're creating tools to support that patient outside of the hospital setting to get to better outcomes. And then finally, we have Conversation Health, uh, who's building a chatbot platform that allows healthcare companies to engage and serve their patients more effectively through conversations. And so one of the pieces of the question, Dan, that you asked me is, how do we wind up selecting these five companies? Because we had a lot of interest and it, it was just really warming to see that. So there were three main criteria that we used. And most importantly, as I mentioned earlier in the conversation, we want to make sure that there is a fit between a core problem that Novartis is trying to solve and the solution that the company is trying to create. So is there a potential to create enough impact for our business and the patients that we serve? That's criteria number one. Number two, do we believe in their technology? Do we think they can ultimately get to a solution with their technology? Has it been de-risked in some way? And finally, do we believe in the team? Do we think that they can deliver on what they say they're going to do? Do we think that their culture and their values are reflective of Novartis? So as we progress through a potential agreement or partnership, we know that there's almost that implicit cultural fit up front that's so important that goes into creating very valuable partnerships. 
I know several of those companies that you've mentioned, Conversation Health, I saw recently, they have an amazing Genesis story in terms of how they got started and launched it. I believe it was uh, Exponential Medicine, Daniel Kraft's meeting down in uh, San Diego a few years ago. And I met them when they were over in London presenting with Ogilvy last year and uh, Medible, which of course is a friend of the show. Michelle Longmire was an early guest on the program years ago and uh, then became a sponsor of the program shortly thereafter. So uh, we've enjoyed working with Medible and, and with Michelle and her team. Tyler Pugsley, who's joined her team, actually came about as an introduction that was made through this podcast. So we're helping to grow the ecosystem in a variety of ways here. But I think all those companies are U.S.-based companies. And I know that you're a Swiss company overall. You're based in the U.S. The biome is predominantly based. It does have a physical presence, right, in the Bay Area? Yes, correct. Okay. So is there an interest in international applicants to this? Is there an appetite for creating a European-based or an APAC version of this as well? Yeah, Dan. So we've been getting applications and interest from around the world. And theoretically, we could take in almost any resident from around the world through our virtual residency program. But I think it's important to really reflect on the potential future of the biome. So it's very important for us to be in local digital innovation hubs because we really want to become a part of the fabric of that community and help build and give back to that community. So it's very important for us to have a local presence. So as we start to think about where the biome heads in the future, we're absolutely looking at different geographies and different regions where there are great things happening in digital innovation and becoming part of those local communities. So we're absolutely looking at setting our sights on developing new locations in different geographies. But like I said, this was a fantastic entrepreneurial story. So now we're taking a look. We ran really quickly. We got the program set up. Now we're taking a look at how do we look at expanding in a feasible and reasonable manner. So we're just starting to do that work right now. So look, I'd love to go into all five of the companies that you have there, but can you just sort of go a little bit deeper on one or two of those just to give us a little bit more insight into how they fit into your program and how they're benefiting from being a part of the biome? Yeah, sure, Dan. I'll double click on a few of them. So let me start with Metaball since we've been talking about that. So for many of us that founded the biome, we actually have roots in drug development and have a passion for changing that paradigm to enable the development of better medicines faster. And so Metable is a company that is developing a very exciting technology platform to enable digital applications in clinical development. And we think that that's going to have a very tangible effect on this process. And importantly, they're working on some very specific initiatives for Novartis. So they're helping us expand our Focal View program which is a first-of-its-kind app that was built off of the Apple Research Kit, which is allowing us to collect data in a clinical trial from a patient's home. And so this is absolutely going to be an uh, important technology cornerstone that's going to allow us to democratize access to clinical trials for patients that may have otherwise not been able to overcome the burden of traveling to clinical sites on a regular basis. And it's also going to become really important to making this process overall more economically efficient as well. So the Biome program is really there to enable this burgeoning partnership and figure out how we work as a big company really effectively with Metable to make sure that we're deploying their solution effectively and affecting our operation as best as possible. 
And you mentioned that it will allow you to collect data from the home, but actually, isn't it basically allowing you to collect data from anywhere the patient is? Yeah, that's a great point. Presumably, they could be anywhere as long as they have a connection and collecting this data. And the interesting part about this is that we're now working towards validating these tests that are being done off of the Apple phone uh, with gold standards that have been used in clinical trials to collect data. So once we validate these things, we could actually start to roll them out to collect data in clinical trials. So we're very excited about the the potential of this program. Great. And is there another company you want to tell us a little bit more about? Yeah. So Hemex Health is another great story that supports a core objective of Novartis to enable greater access to medicines worldwide. So as I mentioned earlier, Hemex is really creating affordable medical diagnostics that can work really anywhere in the world. So really an underappreciated challenge for folks that live in developed uh, nations is that in some cases in underserved communities where there's poor healthcare infrastructure, there may not actually be a potential to even get a diagnostic to a patient, let alone afford to use that diagnostic. So Hemex is really creating diagnostics that you can carry around that are very cheap to create that help you diagnose a patient. And if you think about it, that's an extremely important part of the healthcare journey, right? Is to actually understand what is the patient suffering from so you can point to a treatment course that's going to work for them. And so we're thinking about how do we pair what we're doing in public health because we have a couple of sickle cell anemia programs going on and with what Hemex is doing to really provide a better solution to patients worldwide. So very exciting about what they're doing. Well, listen, we'll have links to all those five companies, Medible, Hemix Health, Vita Health, Conversation Health, and Mykonos. We'll have links to all those in the show notes for this episode. I appreciate you going and sharing a little bit more about a couple of those companies. There's a lot that I love about what you're doing there at the Biome. And one of the things that really stands out is the non-exclusive basis of participation that companies have and the collaboration that by being a part of the Novartis Biome, they're able to have more access to investors, to other pharma companies, to the resources that you have internally to really develop their craft and their skills and their offering in a way that really is going to help push the whole industry a lot further. So hats off to you for putting this together and launching this out there. I'm very curious. I don't know what other standards or what other examples you looked at when you were putting this together, but is there anything that you can share with the listeners about some of the keys to making a project like this a success within a large company? Yeah. In terms of making this successful, I have a bunch of, well, admittedly pseudo cliche learning. So it, it's essential to have, you know, senior leadership support, which is something we, you know, we've heard time and time again. But we've really had great senior leadership engagement since this was just a concept being batted around in a conversation to a point where it was just a couple of PowerPoint pages, all the way through to actually launching it uh, last October. So that's critical to actually get credibility internally within the company, as well as externally to the constituency you're trying to engage in your innovation lab. I think the second point really for me is building a strong and empowered entrepreneurial team internally that's going to create this this thing. Because 
there's really no blueprint or checklist you can go by to tell you how to create an effective innovation lab. I think it's really going to be bespoke to the company's culture and the objectives they're trying to achieve. But you know, the team needs to look back, you know, Dan, as you alluded to, to what has been done in the past and learn from that, but then translate it into something that's going to really work for the company. So they can't be sitting there asking, okay, so what's going to happen next? They're, they're really going to have to be smart, entrepreneurial, and infer the next step. And I've just had a fantastic team that I've been working with to put this together. And I think the last thing I would say is, and this was pleasantly surprising to me, but Design thinking, for the cliche term that it can sometimes be, actually played a critical role in creating the biome. We spent a lot of time with both internal stakeholders as well as potential biome residents in the digital healthcare ecosystem to design a program that would add value to both groups. And so that becomes important because when we got the green light to build and launch the biome, it was a lot easier for us to engage both of these communities to help us build this. I mean, there's so many unsung heroes in this whole journey of creating the biome, folks that just were passionate about the idea that donated their time, both internally at Novartis, as well as externally to help us really build something that made sense that you know everyone was excited about and was ultimately launched. So that was actually a very key thing to the success of the biome. And in five years' time, if we project ourselves forward to 2024, how will you look back on the program and how will you measure the success of what you've done? That's such an important question, isn't it? Um, So I think for us, in terms of measuring success, we really need to remain true to our guiding principles of being hyper-focused on delivering value to both Novartis and the folks in the biome. So I think, you know, when we look out at 2024, from a Novartis perspective, we would like to see a healthy track record of the business adopting the solutions of these partners in the biome and having created a sustained relationship with these folks and taking their solutions and using them to positively impact patients' lives. I think for the residents in the biome, it's really about being a good partner and helping them on their journey to create a impactful digital health solution. I think over time, we'll probably look at measuring quantitative metrics like how much money have these companies in the biome raised? What are the major milestones they've hit in their product development? But for right now, we're going to start looking at the anecdotes and the case studies and really making sure that this program is delivering value for both of these key stakeholders. How can listeners find out more about the program and find out how to be involved? Well, I would encourage people to go to www.novartis.com and search for the biome to find out more about the program. Or, you know, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to discuss more with, with anyone. Great. And we will have links to that site directly as well as to your LinkedIn profile. And actually, you've also provided some articles that we'll have linked in on the website as well so that people can read those articles and find out more about the work you're doing. So listen, thanks very much, Jake, for joining me. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before I let you go? 
Well, I would only offer this to the community. Um, I think the pharmaceutical industry has an incredible opportunity at hand to really harness these digital technologies and think about how to transform their business with them to serve patients better. But it's really not going to come from an inwardly focused view. We're really going to need to more effectively engage all of these players in the digital health ecosystem and technology players as well. And so I don't think a digital innovation lab is going to be the only solution, but I do think it's going to be an important component. So for folks listening today, uh, if you've been inspired by the ideas we've been sharing, uh, feel free to reach out. We're happy to share our journey and our experience and what we've done to, to help the broader community. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for that offer. I'm sure many listeners will take you up on that. And Jake, I have an invitation for you. Please come back and keep us informed to let us know about uh, your progress and the success of the companies that you're working with as well. Thanks. I absolutely will. Thanks so much, Dan, for having me on the program. Pleasure to have you, Jake. That was Jake Laporte, Global Head of Digital Development at Novartis and the Managing Director of Biome. Be sure to visit the website at digitalhealthtoday.com slash 85 and grab all the links to the items we discussed. Was there a question that you wish I'd asked? Or do you have a suggestion or request for an upcoming episode? Reach out to me directly on email at dan.digitalhealthtoday.com or on Twitter at healthtechdan. As always, thank you for tuning in and helping to push the industry forward. And thanks to our sponsors for supporting our work here. I'll speak with you soon in episode 86. And until next time, keep on innovating.